We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, at this point, I'm like 18 years old. My whole life, the Bengals have been bad. Well, they were good when I was three, but I don't remember that. And now we're seeing this. We're seeing Carson Palmer. We're seeing this franchise quarterback that I've, I haven't seen since Boomer Sison, which, once again, I was like six years old when he left Cincinnati. Uh, we've got Chad Johnson, TJ Hushmanzada. We've got this giant, lanky dude, Chris Henry, <laughs> who's a rookie. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about having some of the best wide receiver cores of that decade. I mean, what could have been? It's November 2005. Colts at Bengals. This is Remember That Game, a podcast about sporting events that take you on a journey and maybe chart the path of the zeitgeist. I'm your host, Thomas Semerick, and my guest is Justin Edwards, whose work on the interplay between fantasy football and offensive line performance you can find at 444, also collects data for PFF. Welcome, Justin. Hey, Thomas. How you doing, man? Excited to be here. Yeah, and excited to take a walk down memory lane with your Cincinnati Bengals at perhaps the most exciting place in history, 2005, for that franchise during your lifetime. What Was this the best Bengals team you've seen in all your years of fandom? I think it's very close. Um, it could be that 2015 team that also um, got smashed in the playoffs by the Steelers, but uh, this is this is right up there for sure. Great game here. The two teams tie the first half NFL record for points. It's 35-27 at the half. They're on pace to break the single-game yardage record. And you just see these great weapons for both teams. The, the Bengals, you got Carson Palmer dishing it to TJ Hushmanzada, Chad Johnson, Chris Henry. And on the Colts side, you got at tight end Dallas Clark. I mean, that alone, you have mm-hmm. a huge advantage there. And then, oh, yeah, you also got Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Brandon Stokely. Were these the two best sets of receiving weapons of the mid-2000s or at very least of, of the year 2005, you think? Yeah, I mean, that those seven pats, clearly. Um, I mean, we had 78 years old. Uh, between Jerry Rice and Tim Brown playing in Oakland. <laughs> right. But they were both pretty much past their prime there. So that just leaves these two teams, honestly. If you narrow specifically to 2005, you have some like great passing offenses that, like on paper, maybe the best in the league, but you see a couple players on their downslope a little bit. You got 
Mark Bolger and the Rams. I was looking at Mark Bolger's yards per attempt was a crazy high that season. But you got Isaac Bruce probably on his downslope there. You got peak, peak Torrey Holt. Marshall Falk there, but he's also in the downslopes. Maybe specifically 2005, they're not up there. You got Patriots in that weird period where like Brady's still playing great, but receiving options 05 and eventually 06, it fills the Patriots in the playoffs uh, before they in 07 really retool the receivers there. Cardinals, you have a young Anquan Bolden, Larry Fitzgerald combo. Nothing really outside right. of this, but like they're in contention there. And then Eli Manning has some interesting weapons with Plaxico Burris, Jeremy Shockey. You got Tiki Barber on the backfield. And Amani Toomer, aging, but still, I wouldn't say quite over the hill yet. Um, those are the ones I would say are in contention, but I, yeah. I would really give it to this Colts, Colts-Bengals matchup of trios there. Do you think this 05 Colts team was maybe in the same neighborhood as that 07 Pats team midseason? This is the Colts team that got, ended up getting upset by the Steelers in the playoffs. But at midseason, when the, the Bengals hosted them, the Colts were, were undefeated. And getting about as much Vegas respect, the 07 Colts were undefeated hosting the Pats. Pats were five-point favorites. Here you have the 7-2 Bengals hosting the Colts. Colts are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Would you say those te- teams in the same ballpark, maybe an o- underrated 05 Colts team here? Same ballpark, but maybe like uh, bleacher seats and diamond seats. That that 07 Pats offense was just was just insane. Uh, up until their like, week 10 by, they were averaging 40 points a game. They were hanging 50 burgers on people. Um, this Colts team looked great when they were hitting their stride for sure, but they weren't as consistently brutal as that that Brady 07 Moss Pats. Bengals have an opportunity early on. They get Colts nearly into a three and out, but have an offsides on third down. They would have way more penalties than the Colts in the first half of this game. Eventually they go down 35-17. And you have this really exciting Bengals offense come, not completely out of nowhere, but a bit of a surprise how quickly they came along in Carson Palmer's first full year as a starter. Down 35-17 late in the first half. Are you are, are you still confident at that point? Or is, it, or is being good so new to you that you're like, oh, crap, culture about to run us out? <laughs> yeah, precisely. Um, after living through the, the 90s Bengals, um, this is all, this is like a different language here, being able to score, you know, three times in one half. Um, yeah, it was, I wasn't too confident about overtaking them. Uh, I didn't feel like they were ever going to point point. They were never going to punt the ball. Um, the graphic overlay said something that this was the most points the Bengals had ever allowed in a half, which is surprising yeah. because they were so bad for so long. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't too confident about getting back into this one. Yeah, 35-17. And then the Bengals settle for field goal late in the half. You can't feel amazing about that against Peyton Manning to go down. I mean, 15, he cut it from three scores to two. This Bengals team, which had averaged more than three turnovers uh, forced leading up to this game, they pick off Peyton Manning late in the first half and convert with a score 35-27 at the half. How long does it take you to excel comfortably? Uh, that was that was pretty sweet. That was uh, unexpected for sure. Um, that it looked like he stepped on an offensive lineman's foot or something. He threw just the ugliest Peyton Manning throw I think yeah. I've ever seen. He was almost like horizontal when he let go of it. He should have yeah. just, take, just taken the sack. So that, yeah, that was definitely unexpected. Uh, get a little, little breath of fresh air there. 
Um, an eight-point eight lead, that's not insurmountable, even though we it took a, a lucky interception to get there. It felt like this was going to be a, a 60 to 50 game, so eight points is, is nothing. Things really slowed down after halftime, surprisingly. You had 35-27 at the half, and then you fast forward to the fourth quarter, it's only 42-34. You have each, each team you have put up a, one touchdown in the third quarter. It seems like nothing when teams are putting up 62 in the first half. You do see the offense slow down a bit. Each team was around 300 total yards in the first half. By the end of the game, the Colts only end up with about 450, and Bengals outgain them here. But interestingly enough, and I don't know, it may be emblematic of like a younger team versus uh, you know an experienced killer like Peyton, but Bengals go 0 for 2 and fourth down. Colts go 1 for 1. Do you think the, diff- the margin was as slim as that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard with that small sample size. It's only three fourth downs to look at. But yeah, I mean, there's this younger Bengals team and this, this um, maturing Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning-led team that seems to have their stuff together. I mean, the Bengals outgained the Colts in penalties by 55 yeah. points, or 55 points, 55 yards. So I think, yeah, if you if you were going to measure maturity, you look at this third and fourth down conversions, you look at their penalties comparison, and the Colts just blow them out of the water. There's some talk during the broadcast. I think it's Nance and Sims. Maybe probably my favorite part of the broadcast, they talk about how the previous season, Carson Palmer and Chad Johnson, Johnson at the time, hopped in Palmer's pickup truck on a whim on a Monday night, drove to Indianapolis for a Colts home game against the Vikings just to watch Pete Manning and, and Marvin Harrison practice with his receiver before the game and watch their mannerisms on the sidelines and and just, just pick up the small things outside of the game. I'm sure they watched you know, him, him do work with Wayne and, and Stokely and Clark as well. I mean, there was like a true emulation and fondness that, and, and modeling almost for this Colts team. It, it seemed like almost like Maybe we have a baby Colts in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's a, very much a maybe a big brother, little brother kind of yeah. situation here. Yeah, that was a very interesting part of the part of the broadcast. Um, and it's definitely Palmer in his early years. This was what his third or oh, it's his second year. Yeah, it's only his second year in the league, so he's still understanding how to talk to not college teammates. Yeah. And who who better to learn from than than Manning and Harrison? This was what his, this is like his seventh year or something. I don't know it's not. It's like his ninth year. So yeah, two great, two great people to be learning from. That's for sure. And Chad Johnson, I mean, you, you could tell he's taking notes already. Some smooth route running that he shows on. You know, he, he avoids the bump at the line from the Colts cornerback, and then burns Bob Sanders down the sideline for a 68-yard touchdown in the first quarter. Shows the you know, the Bengals are are ready to go, and they've yeah learned a lot from Big Brother. Then Chad Johnson, he takes the mantle from Terrell Owens in a way. He was the most uh, probably exciting or at least noted uh, and paid attention to touchdown celebration guy. He gets suspended by the Eagles. Chad Johnson scores, does a faux marriage proposal to a cheerleader on the sideline, and then holds up a whiteboard that says, T.O., I got you, baby. Um, There's just a lot of emulation with this Bengals team for the more established players in the league. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think. Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, he was the the impetus for that celebration band that came the year following this. Right. That, that lasted 11, 12 years. Um, yeah, I mean, he earned it, though. Uh, he gave T.O. a run for his money, but I 
I think of the most epic celebrations I could, I've ever seen being Terrell Owens on the 50-yard line in Dallas, oh. uh, chugging that large popcorn from that fan. Oh, Those man. are, but there's also the there's the Chad Johnson uh, gold jacket two zero question mark question mark on the back. That's yeah. that was a good one too. But he gave him a run for his money. I don't know if he usurped Terrell Owens, but he's close. Uh, Ocho Cinco after the game, he's like saying, "Hey, he he really set the the pace for how fun touchdown celebrations could be here in the early two yeah. thousands before they banned us." Um, Terrell, I know you're out right now. I'm gonna pick up the mantle for you, and <laughs> I'm paying homage here. It's hard to really say, but I, I like to think like how fun the celebrations were in this area era before they got banned, or, yeah. or some of the impetus for them kind of relaxing it uh, more recently because like people. Were, People were complaining ever since that, hey, those celebrations that people like Ocho Cinco and Trell Owens are doing, those are fun. Yeah, they're not hurting anyone. Um, I can understand if you're, you know, taunting or you're getting in someone's face or you're arguing with fans or something like that. But what what's wrong with dancing around a little bit? You're not hurting anyone. Yeah. The only time I got upset was because uh, I'm a Giants fan. And the, the Joe Horn one was, was against the Giants. And I was just like, oh, come on. We already suck. Our season's already going on the tubes. <laughs> Give so us a just break. Me, we're bad. Okay, I get it. We're losing by 40 points. <laughs> but I had, but as an adolescent, I got a little emotional. As I grew up, I had to, I had to eventually give it up in retrospect. Pretty For solid. sure. That'll, that'll happen, though. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, 
But yeah, so scoring slows down the second half here. You do get, you know, rest in peace. Chris Henry touchdown pass from Carson Palmer brings it to a one point game, 35-34 in the second half. At this point in the game, are, are you thinking about the future? Are you thinking, wow, we're gonna have a great team for the next decade? We're, we're hanging with teams like the Indianapolis Colts, who they haven't won a Super Bowl yet, but they're right up with the Nashville, cool the Patriots. You know, just thinking about what what could be. A hundred percent. I mean, at this point, I'm like 18 years old. My whole life, the Bengals have been bad. Well, they were good when I was three, but I don't remember that. And now we're seeing this. We're seeing Carson Palmer. We're seeing this franchise quarterback that I've, I haven't seen since Boomer Sison, which once again, I was like six years old when he left Cincinnati. Uh, we've got Chad Johnson, TJ Hushmanzada. We've got this giant lanky dude, Chris Henry, <laughs> who's a rookie. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about having some of the best wide receiver cores of th- that decade. I mean, what could have been, rest in peace, Chris Henry, yeah. with that receiver core of those three. And uh, we have one of the the largest turnover differentials ever. I'm like, wow, this is this is insane. Yeah, watching this Peyton Manning team get, get slowed down a little bit. They're slowing themselves down too. But after seeing that uh, full throttle first half, I'm like, okay. We have a chance against them. We have a chance against anybody. Colts end up winning here, 45-37. I, I hate to say moral victory there, but like you have a game that shows you can hang, um, yeah. which has got to be huge for the sake of the team. You end up going and beating the, the hated Steelers in the regular season, but then Kimo von Olhoffen oh, man. knocks out Carson Palmer. I won't dive too far into that because we already know that was painful. Palmer eventually comes back, but seems to set in like a few weird twists of fate. Chad Johnson maybe gets a little banged up a little earlier in his career than the receiver typically does. A couple years later, you also have Justin Smith getting away to the Niners. Oh, man. In the prime of his career. Yeah. Ends up being a pretty... He still has five pretty good years left in his career. <laughs> five to seven. Yeah, five to seven. <laughs> that, that seems to be a, a rolling theme with um, Bengals free agents. Like oh they were on the back uh, the back seventy percent of their career so we let them <laughs> so we yeah. let him go <laughs> <laughs> he only had seven years left we had to get we had to let him let him walk just seven good years or seven great slash great slash proto JJ Watt years <laughs> yeah 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 just changing the face of defensive ends years yeah <laughs> yeah because I have a podcast that yeah an episode that's probably now when this comes out this podcast will have come out yesterday but yeah Saints. Saints-Niners and uh, 2011 Divisional. And Justin Smith, the Saints' total average pressures allowed in the game that season, Justin Smith does it by himself in the Divisional round. Oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> he has like 10 pressures on Drew Brees. Oh. Both the Colts and Bengals uh, perhaps under-emphasized um, parts of that those, their success in the mid-2000s there. Maybe the two best Offensive lines outside of Kansas City, probably. A r- real stacked unit there. While Colts and Bengals, you have the same five coming back year to year. And no major weak links. Pretty uh, high ceilings on like their, their their best players. But you got Willie Anderson, you know, three-time All-Pro. Mm-hmm. You know, Levi Jones, Eric Steinbach. PFF was grading 05, but like in the next couple of years, they, they did grade out pretty well. Uh, and Rich, Rich, Rich Brom and Bobby Williams uh, coming back year to year. And then on the Colts side, you know, you have 
Tariq Glenn, Ryan Lilja, Jeff Saturday, I mean, one of the most well-regarded centers of all time, and Jake Scott and Ryan Diem. Each team, you have a great sense of continuity there that probably goes like underemphasized when you talk about those those two great offenses in the mid-2000s. Right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this was still, this was, I wouldn't say peak, but this is still um, prime Willie Anderson. I mean, he was one of the best tackles for almost a decade in the league, which is difficult to do. We, we don't see yeah. that too often. That's, um, you know, Joe Thomas-level rarefied air, yeah. Joe, Joe Staley, those kind of guys. Um, yeah, you know, clearly Saturday, this was he still had tons of years left as a great center. Looking through the rosters in 05, I mean, they, they both have a good argument for best in the league. Um, they're probably just behind the, the, the Chiefs with Waters, Rofe, Shields. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those next two, I think you can argue, uh, as good a shot at the number two slot as any. Two really well-rounded offenses. Uh, two defenses that could force turnovers and had put the players a little more up and down. The Colts got the upside of that play the following season with you know, and Bob Sanders staying healthy, getting defensive player of the year. Yet, when I was looking at the YouTube comment thread for this game, which was pretty interesting, uh, I was looking at the NFL throwback, the full game that uh, someone keeps posting these great random full games, and those are fun. And then NFL mm-hmm. throwback also posts like a, a package, like 12-minute version of some kind of uh, under-the-radar games that are really cool, too. And on that one, the there's a bunch of good comments, but the longest thread, like reply thread by a mile with like 50 comments, it devolves into just the Peyton versus Brady debate. Shake my it, head. It's it's everywhere. I I found <clears throat> sorry. I found a different playback, and it was still like this game is proof why Brady was better than Peyton. Oh my! <laughs> Your opinion is wrong. If the game was solely measured on stats, Peyton is way better than Brady. Oh like, gosh! What, what is happening? Like this. <laughs> Yeah, we've, one we've, of those teams isn't even playing. <laughs> we've had we've had some version of the same argument for twenty years. Can we can we give it a rest and enjoy the Ovi Bengals for a second? Exactly. Well, at least the the second highest re- replied uh, comment is this is the game when Chad asked that cheerleader to marry cheerleader to marry him. <laughs> oh yes. So at least we got that. Ochocinco comes out with a whiteboard. Great sign. Jim yeah. Nance seems to relish like multiple times. He comes back to it and. He, he puts emphasis on the word attention. He's like, oh, always a center of attention. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, just relax a little bit. They, Celebrations are going to are going to be actually something that the league wants in a few years when it comes to senses. Yeah, exactly. They're they're both going at it too. Sims is like, well, you know, I asked Marv about how he handles all of these diva wide oh. receivers. I'm like, dang, dude. God. Like, I don't ever. I don't even know that I knew what Hushmanzada's voice sounded like until he got on ESPN like two years ago. <laughs> I don't I don't know how much of a diva TJ Hushmanzada was. <laughs> yeah, this is 10 games into a, a Bengals season when they haven't made the playoffs in like a de- decade plus. Yeah. Like, no like one knows who these players minutes. are. They're not divas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not yet, anyways. They don't, they don't know them yet. Um, yeah. Your YouTube comment thread is being... <laughs> terrorized by the people wanting to have the, the Brady-Payton debate again. I imagine the you know, Bengals fans just watching the Colts and Patriots went over and over again while you're continually snake bit and pro- probably makes you root against them a little more, I don't know. But I, I imagine the most hated rival, especially after 2005, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, it's 
it's always the Steelers. It'll, it'll always be the Steelers. Um, at the time of this game, I was definitely a more uh, hateful person than I am now. I could I could care less now. I mean, I'm I'm a Bengals fan, but I don't root against teams unless they have players that I don't particularly enjoy, like yeah. like Ben Roethlisberger. But <laughs> but if it weren't for him being on that team, I wouldn't I wouldn't loathe the Steelers. But at that point. Oh man, I I hated this team. I hated Heinz Ward smiling. Or was that even that was even back then? Was it? Yeah, it had to have been. Yeah. I just hate. Yeah, I hated I hated this damn team. <laughs> the team they won the Super Bowl with that year. I was like, well, at least they had some like you know a great pair of receivers like Heinz Ward and Plaxico Burris. And I was like, oh yeah, Plaxico was already gone. It was like Antoine Randall was the number two. And I was like, oh yeah. And it was like Cedric Wilson had a bunch of catches. So I, I kind of remembered, not really. I don't even, I don't even remember that name. Uh, honestly, I was, like, that, I was like, wait, that team won the Super Bowl. This Bengals team with like Hoosh, Ochocinco, Chris Henry, Palmer didn't win. This Colts offense didn't win. The Steelers, the Steelers pulled it off. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Vanderjet missed the kick. Oh yeah, the the Roethlisberger shoelace tackle against the Colts in division around. I'm like. Uh, yeah. I mean, especially if you're already a Bengals fan, you have to be just just super super tilting to the point where it's almost almost hard to function. <laughs> oh, just tilting into cartwheels. Like the, <laughs> this team that barely made the playoffs. You know, Palmer gets the the one single throw. It goes for seventy yards to Chris Henry. What it was it an ACL or MCL that Kimo Von Hoffman ran over, rolled over and tore, and and they win the damn Super Bowl. <laughs> oh my gosh. That Bengals team makes one more postseason. I think by then, Palmer was having some sort of elbow issue on top of not being as nimble as before and they, they, they lose to the Sanchez Jets. Oh uh-huh. man, that was and, terrible. Because they had just lost to them the week before because we uh, rested our starters. So uh, like like a new way to kick your your teeth in um, that, that, <laughs> that the universe found. <laughs> and then you uh, and then like okay we retool with Dalton and and AJ Green cool mm-hmm. and six wild card exits in seven years which is it, it's hard to do if you try. Yeah yeah yeah. And then yeah then here we are. In 2020, thinking about what what a grand 05 team that was, ending the podcast about the Bengals in a very fitting way, tilting over the Steelers. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Justin, for coming on the program. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. It's, a, it, it's torturous, but it's still fun to talk about. This has been another episode of Remember That Game. Please rate, review, subscribe, and check out more episodes.